This is DWZ Podcast with J-Rod here. Deleted WrestleZone's very own podcast of professional wrestling with AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here. So welcome back, everyone, for another podcast episode here. This time we got some interesting topics we really, really need to talk about or should discuss just by the listening of my voice. So now let's talk about certain developments that have been going on with WWE. So, as you know recently, WWE are not happy with NXT 2.0. Now, this does not come to surprise to me, but it possibly might have been expected, or they just thought maybe this was their, their efforts to get the ratings up. Now, let's talk about how this happened. Now... The original NXT gold, black and gold brand was considered by some officials within WWE a failure due to the fact they were unable to defeat AEW. Now, I know some of you are going to say, you know, but AEW crushed them. That's true. There are those that uh, can talk about, but but NXT won several viewerships. That doesn't mean squad. They may have won, like, let's say two out of a hundred viewerships but that does not excuse the fact that the only thing they were unable to find success was the the nine the 18 the, the 18 to 49 demographic that was the reason NXT was not successful in that matter so that's was one of the reasons and of course we all know what happened a lot of the NXT wrestlers were released including Triple H was removed from out of power now I don't know what at, uh, WWE were trying to do. As you know, a lot of the Triple H stuff has been removed. You know, wrestlers that he recruited himself, uh, staff members within the brand itself were, were fired or let go, or whatever you want to call it. And that's the reason. Now, they're saying there was a bit of, like, a bit small dent in CERN of the viewership and ratings in NXT 2.0 when they had, uh, who was it, uh, uh, oh yeah, AJ Styles and and who else was there? Like a few others were there. They're trying. They tried to put a dent on that, but it had no veil. Now I can understand they're upset, but now let's talk about what is it they're doing wrong here. There was this thing. What was it? Two back in two thousand nine or two thousand twenty. Uh, one of the guys from Squared Circle Psychobabble said something that was true. We need to ask ourselves this obvious question about NXT 2.0. Do we consider them as a developmental program other than be called a third brand? That is a good question that was brought upon. Now, this is the kind of the thing is NXT was designed more like try to integrate wrestlers from the independent scenes to become wrestlers in WWE, like try to make them be homegrown wrestlers, and that's the reason WWE has abandoned the whole idea of recruiting wrestlers from the independents. I know what you're gonna say, but we saw several that made their appearances. That is true. That doesn't change the fact, but. Probably they're looking for something that could help them or whatever the case may be. But I have to say, look, 
the 2.0, I think is fascinating, but I think there's still some stuff they could work on, you know? The problem I see is right now, there's been a huge change in their staff. Now, let's talk about the changes that took place in that. As you know, there was a controversial situation that took place the, uh, the last NXT episode where Walter made his debut taking on Roderick Strong. But this is what happened. Walter decided to drop the name and go by Gunther. Now, this is where it becomes interesting. Several reports were saying that the original name they want to give Walter when he goes straight to the to here to here in the states was Gunther Stark. Now this is where it becomes interesting. Now I don't try to uh, spark something, but treat, please understand the idea. What they were trying to do was they did not know there was a name. I don't know if they knew or they just you know didn't thought it was gonna cause a problem. Gunther Stark was the name of a of a Nazi commander during World War II. I can see the problem. But from what I'm the people saying now, the W officials, that they drop the name Stark and just leave Gunther. Okay, it would be a better solution, but I think that's that was certain things that they should have addressed it. Like, yes, we got the name from there or something. I don't know. But I don't think they're gonna address how that name came about. You know, that's something I can Probably picture, but right now we'll just go with it. Now another part that really got me going is Saray, how she changed her her new look. They repackaged her like in some sort of like a schoolgirl type look. I'm like, what the fudge is this? I don't know what is going on. I mean, I don't know. I know that William Regal before he left. Try to get Saray into this, and I think they're trying to abandon the idea what Regal had for her, and I think that's kind of messed up from what they're trying to do. But I don't know. It, it, that's one of the developments that I've been hearing about. Now, here's another one that took place in this. As you know, recently the WWE have the Royal Rumble coming up real soon. However, this is the problem they had. They don't have enough women for the women for the rumble and they reached out to many people and apparently they reached out to one particular name uh summer ray now if you guys remember her she was part of that she was fandango's dancer and uh, there was a controversy that took place when she first appeared on wwe t uh, live where they, somebody called her wwe legend and people were booing to be honest with you, Summer Rae is not a legend. She hasn't been there for that long. So that kind of makes you ask yourself, where the fuck did they get this idea that she's a legend? Now, I'm wondering, was there any issues that they had towards her or anything? I don't, I don't know, but I think it was kind of. But Summer Rae did clarify saying, look, I didn't ask to be called a legend. That was on them. And personally, I agree with her. I feel like maybe they should have thought this clearer. Now, whoever said that she was a legend, he's a mock an oxymoron. I just hope that idiot gets, you know, beat up or something. I don't know. Whoever said it. But, yeah. But here's a, another rub regarding to the women's rumble. It turns out she wasn't the only one they reached out. They even got the inspiration. Yes, folks. They got the inspiration. They actually just they called... Both Jesse McKay and Cassidy 
Fromlin as a Peyton Royce and I forgot what was the other name. But anyway, but uh, both the inspirations mentioned they turned down the the offer to, to come for the Rumble. The reason is they're saying they're happy where they're at, and they do believe they will return to WWE when the timing's right. I feel like right now they're working on their own development of being who they are, and I think that's pretty good. And, of course, uh, some officials from Impact said, man, it would have been great to see champions from Impact, both from the Knockouts and the Knockouts Tag Team Division, to be there. And I think it would have been, but I totally understand what the inspiration are looking for. I think they felt like they had no place to be there, and I don't blame them for that, but that's how life is. Now let's talk to the last thing they did. Now, if you guys may have heard, they talked about someone, they talked about this on Toronto Star about the gory self-mutilation. We're talking about the December 31st match between uh, the Bunny, Pully Before, versus uh, Ty J and uh, Tay Conti and Anna J. They think that this is way too extreme for everything. Like, they took a shot out of this. Now, I understand WWE's problem, like, saying, like, it's too much for their viewers. I'm like, yes, I get it. And they're saying that they don't know how the network could put up with something like this. Simple. They approached it. They said, "Is that's how it works. You talk to people. You try to see if they're okay with the idea. And if they were okay, then yes. But, of course... Several AEW stars took offense to this, and they've just, you know, all of that. I'm like, look, WWE, if you have a problem with it, don't say a thing. Just admit that you'll never do those. It's simple. Let AEW be a different product. They don't want nothing to do with you guys, but that's how it works. Worry about your own product. Let them worry about their own. That's how it works. Don't worry about what they're doing. If you have a problem with it, you shouldn't take it personally, but... They did. Okay. Let's move on to away from WWE now. Has anybody seen the latest GCW show? The World on GCW at the Hammerstein Ballroom. God damn, that show was freaking good. And luckily for you guys, those who know I'm actually from the San Diego, California area. My boys were there. Referee Chad Rico was there who was officiating what matches there. And, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, B-Boy, was there too. It was great to see him there. So, basically, B-Boy was part of the, uh, what was it called? Blue Ribbon Rum Battle Royale, which is the beer stuff. <laughs> like, of course, he'll be put. But it was great that he was there. But I think the match was great. And then we had the scramble matches. But I think the matches we definitely could talk about is was Matt Cardona being there. Now, if you guys saw that, Matt Cardona acted like he thinks that he's the reason that Hammerstein Ballroom sold out. Now, where is that sound familiar? Oh, that's right. Jay White said the same thing. I'm like thinking, is he trying to copy Jay White's l line? You know, that... that kind of gets me thinking like did he got that from him i'm like if he did jay white you need to go over there and kick his ass that's your tagline but the biggest surprise was during the match is 
Chelsea Green played a trick on everybody when she low-blowed Cardona, and then later she tricked Joey Janela. I'm like, what the fuck? And then, of course, we saw Smart Bar Sterling try to do the whole attorney shit. And then we saw Swoggle, but he got his he was getting his ass handed to him by two people. One was Sam Stackhouse, and the other was Marco Stunt. And then Brian Myers shows up, you know, giving him the helping hand, allowing for Matt Cardona to win. Now, Cardona said that he was going to make sure that Joey Janela's career is over, but it was ruined by none other than Sean Waltman, better known as Xbox. Yes, folks, Xbox. I love the guy. He is such a fucking great wrestler. I lo- uh, he was one of my favorites during the D-Generation De- X time. You know, I'm like, wow. It was great to see him at Pierce. He is now GCW material. So he supports. And, of course, Cardona is not happy about it. You know, that's how it works. So let's talk about other matches. We had, of course, Ruby Soho versus Alley Catch. I mean, I was pumped for it. But I feel the match could have gone a little more longer. That's my honest opinion. And I know many fans were not happy with the results, which, of course, Ruby Soho went. Because we look at when you think of women who were involved in GCW, you think of Alley Catch. That's what goes into your mind. And I, I, I clearly understand that, but I don't know why. Why would you allow Ruby Soho to win? Are you planning to bring her back? I don't know. But it was kind of crazy. But it was great. Then we got Jeff Jarrett versus Effie. That ended up with Jeff Jarrett winning. But it was a good match, I have to say. Then we saw the return of John Moxley putting this title on the line against Homicide. Now, Let's not talk about that part. We all know who won. John Moxley did. You guys may have heard. Fans were going saying, fuck Bully Ray. Fuck Bully Ray. Now, if you guys don't know what was going on, Bully Ray said something that might have pissed off people saying, Moxley needs to apologize. Apologize for what? Because he's not there? You're saying that he needs to apologize because he decided to take care of himself because he was dealing with problems? To me, that's a load of horseshit. You don't need to apologize. People understand, respect. That's what John Moxley wanted. He wanted fans to understand, look, guys, I have a problem. I need to take care of myself. This is affecting not only me. It's affecting my wife, my kid. That's what Moxley's all about. He's not going to apologize for something that he knows he needs to to do but this is not about the fans this is about himself that he needs to do but bully ray taught this thought this was great stuff or something like that but i don't know but yeah but the rest of the show of, of the world on gcw was great of course the main event was the, the gcw tag team titles the briscoes versus matt tremont who came back and then of course the return of nick gage i thought it was great like, he pop, we all heard what he says. Where's my motherfucking gang at? Yeah, we cannot forget all of that. I think it's great. But surprisingly, he won the match. Becoming tag champion with Mark Tremont. I'm like, wow, it was great. But I have to say the show was great. I love it. I enjoyed it. 
So I think that's pretty much what we got on that. Now, if you guys know on episode 79, I talk about Momokogo. Now, if you guys don't remember Momokogo, I'll refresh it right now. Momokogo was one amongst the few girls that left the Yoshi promotion, uh, Acris Girl. She recently made an appearance about going to, uh, in stardom. And, of course, she ended up challenging, um, being uh, challenged by Unagi Sayaka. Now, this is where the interesting part developed. I talked about this before. I said I predict that Momokogo was going to ask to jo join or request to join Cosmic Angels. Well, uh, this is where I have to say I was wrong. I wish I could take back what I said, but I can't. It happened. I apologize. But this is what happened. Unagi won. She did state it. That Momokogo will never enter Kozen, which is the nickname to Cosmic Angels. However, this is where the most interesting shock happened. Momokogo said... She has no interest in joining Cosmic Angels. And when I heard this, I was like, what? Yes, I. you heard me right, folks. She has no interest. And I talked about this on previous times. Many Yoshi girls who leave their respective promotions will end up joining factions. And I'm like thinking, okay, which faction she would join? And that's what happened at the end of the show. This took place on the 23rd. Of January, uh, this one was after the match between Stars and I think it was Oda Tai. Momo shows up and asks Stars consistently, mostly with uh, Mayu Iwatani, uh, Koguma, and Ozuki. She asked if she would like to join Stars. Mayu said yes. Koguma said yes. Well, Ozuki, that's the word that gets a little tricky. Azuki asked the fan base, would they like to see her in stars? And they all clapped. That's the indication of yes. And then Azuki says, yes. But, however, Mayu uh, put Azuki in charge of her. Basically, try to get her integrated into stars. And, of course, you know, Azuki has no problem with that. You know, she's she knows what she's doing. And now it appears, it appears that Mo Mokogo is going to be a member of Stars. Now I'm wondering how Hana, how I don't know how Hana and uh, Saida feel. I think right now they got about let's see, there's six members. Looks like they're doing great, you know, picking up more people and building more momentum. But there is one group that's not gonna like this one way or the other, and that group is none other than Oritai. They tried to stop them before last year when they snatched. Fukigen Death and Starlight Kid. It wouldn't be a surprise if we we're going to see something like that. And this time, stars walk out as the victors. I don't know. I I'm predicting something like that could happen, but we don't know if that will. But I'll see where that. Now, the last thing I want to talk about. I don't know if you guys saw this or not. I did not expect this. This happened at Royal Wrestling 18. This passed on the 22nd of January. There was a, an intergender tag match between 
Kylie Ray and her boyfriend Isaiah Velasquez taking on Dante Martin and Sky Blue. So this is where it gets interesting. Dante Martin and Sky Blue won the match. It was Sky Blue who picked up the victory, but this is where it gets the most interesting for me. Dante Martin and Sky Blue kissed. I'm like, holy shit. I did not see that coming. I'm like, had they been keeping this quiet from us? I'm like, how long has this been going on? You know, and that kind of surprised me a little bit. I did not see that happen. I did not expect it. And I'm surprised that it's not even spread all over social media. It's not even on Twitter that much or or anything else. I'm like, what the fuck? But I don't know if anybody knew about that. I'm like, I'm asking all of you guys right now who listen. Do you guys have any idea these two were dating? I, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit surprised. <laughs> but, wow. But it makes perfect sense because you got to remember... These two, both Dante and Sky Blue, they work for AEW, but they do appear in independent shows. And I'm like, wow. I totally did not expect that. But, wow. <laughs> wow. Yep. Love is in there right now. But, wow. But I think that's pretty much what I got for all of you. I got a lot of things but hope everybody enjoys this episode me talking about the developments going on with WWE or what happened on the world on GCW Momokogo and then the sort of romantic between both Dante Martin and Sky Blue because I did not expect that either but uh, stay tuned for next week folks because there will be some more wrestling coming and hopefully we got some good content to really put up for you guys to listen and I think that's pretty much it so as for now I'll see you guys the next time and on this podcast. So I must bid all of you adieu. So goodbye. And have a nice day. Bang.